Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit. Whatever the fuck that means. Welcome back, Patrick Herringer. I'll Thanks. never I'll never forget. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice to be back. I think this is number three. This is the third time that you're on. Yeah. yeah. You're you're in a you're in a class of the elite what the Rarified fit. Rarified yeah. air. I I feel good about it. <laughs> of course you are in a class of rare elite. It's just like <laughs> who you are. If those of you listening have not heard his podcast episode, go back and listen. He's the owner of 513 United, along with his incredible wife, Sarah Jenkins. Here with me in the Rubio Studios, we're going to run through our standard three questions of the intro and then hear from, some, hear from some really cool guys who host a podcast about social anxiety and mental health. So, Patrick, to kick us off, what's been your favorite workout? Uh, so, uh, I have been programming for the gym um, recently to basically get us back into shape since the big shutdown so and did you do you think that a lot of people fell out of shape in quarantine for sure um, because they don't have access to heavy weights right I yeah. mean as you know when you when you decide you're a group fitnesser and that's your thing and you want to come to the gym and work out with other folks uh, shifting to the at-home stuff and the Zoom classes and, and whatever just doesn't take super well. You've made a decision like, I love working out, but I love working out with other fo other people. Yeah. And when you take that away, it kills a lot of the motivation for people, especially when you're on Zoom calls all day for work. Right. And then like, let's stay on another Zoom call to work out. Yeah. No, so, I, I totally get that. And I, and maybe I haven't done enough acknowledging of myself about this, but I have like fucking stayed on it. Like I have gotten stronger over quarantine. Yeah. And I mean, it was pretty difficult for that motivation. But for I felt sure. like once I once I like got it down of like you have to do this in your living room. Like this is your this is what you have to do. Do you know what that is, Chrissy? <laughs> that <laughs> That's just accepting your situation right, and yeah. being adult about it. Like, yeah. I can't do the things I want to do, but I can still do the things I need to do. Right. Right, right, right. And I was thinking, <laughs> like truly thinking, I'm like, this isn't going to last forever. And I don't want to be in a position where I come out on the other side of this and yeah. I get back into you the start gym. Over. And I, I'm like, no, fuck no. That is what keeps me working out. Honestly, we're talking about anxiety before we start, like the anxiety of being out of shape and yes. having to start over. Like oh, I've, been totally work real. I've been working at this for so long. Like the thought of just like yeah. Tossing it to the wind sounds... So, so with that in mind, what I've been doing... So we have our, our hierarchy of fitness. And what is the most important part for us? And that's cardiovascular endurance or cardiovascular health. Mm -hmm. So we take the, the theory that it doesn't matter what you can lift or what you can do or how many pull-ups you can do if you can't do them when you're tired. Mm -hmm. So the number one block for us is where's your cardiovascular health at and where, where that state of. So... With us being gone for so long, when we come back, I've been heavily biasing the program to be really high heart rate, low weight movements, low skill movements so that we can just go. Okay. That's and, the kind of shit that I like. Yeah. Yeah. Put your head down. Grind. Yeah. That's I don't the Sarah yeah. Jenkins way. <laughs> yeah. That's that's why I like working out with her so much. Yeah. So my, my favorite workout of the last week, um, we programmed a chipper, which is X number of movements for X number of reps. You do them one time and go through. So it was mm -hmm. uh, started out with... 50 calories on the rower for men, 40 for ladies. Okay. About roughly what's like the meter, the meterage. So if you're going, uh, so 50 would be, that's about a four minute row. So you're probably looking at, um, let's see, close to a thousand meters. Oh, close. that's a long time. That's an yeah, endurance about, row. Yes. And so, um, 
50, 50 and 40 cal row uh, off the rower right into uh, 50 wall balls. That your legs are fucking dead. Yep. Your and legs then, are dead. And then 50 and 40 cows on the echo bike. Fuck that. And then 50 dumbbell snatch. 50 on each arm. 50 total, alternating. Okay. What's the weight? Is it a. 50 and 35. So a weight Fuck. that's heavy enough to be annoying, but one that you can still move. And then the last movement in the workout is 50 burpees. So after you've done Fuck all of that and your legs are ready. Workout. Yeah. Oh. So I'll give you one guess, and you only need one. Who do you think won that workout at the gym? Sarah. Sarah. Bye. Bye, good bit. Oh. <laughs> I cannot. Like, I'm thinking about that. Are people, I mean, you have to, like, breathe, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, you have to take some breaths. You do. When were people breathing? You can breathe and, kill, and keep moving. Yeah, Doesn't no, mean you for sure, stop. for sure. But, like, but, but I mean, like, where was the time that you saw, like, people, like, was there any point of that workout where you're like, okay, I can like take a second and still, because what I'm uh, thinking is you no, s- you can't take a second to move through any of those movements because all of those movements are like a hundred percent type of movements. Right. So that's where the elegance of a simple workout comes in is I, I make the cute. weights light enough that you don't have to rest that much. And we make the reps such that you can work through them in big sets and that builds the intensity into the workout. I still think that 35 pounds for me to snatch 50 times would be a lot. Well, that's why I would probably give you a 20 pounder is so that you could just rip through them quickly okay, and with yeah. good form. Okay. Because when we scale workouts, make them lighter, um, make the gymnastics movement easier. We scale workouts to make them harder. Instead of spending your time trying to do a movement and failing or right. doing them slowly and right. we dumb it down or make it lighter and then you can just go fast. And so your workout's more intense. So people have an idea that, oh, if I change the workout or if I make it lighter or simpler, that I'm making it easier. And yeah. in fact, you're making it harder. No, that makes sense. Did Sarah use a 35 pound? Oh, yeah. See, listeners, I fucking have tried to tell you about how strong she is before. <laughs> but if you think about that workout and then you're doing... Uh, she did it in 14 minutes. So do the math in your um, head for that and, and then try it at home. Ended with 50 burpees. And if you beat 14 minutes in that workout, listeners, anyone who's listening... You come talk to me. Please, please. I want to know yeah. too. <laughs> you have to film it. Wow. So that was my favorite. And then consequently, we know that Sarah is still fit and that I am, have been fitter in my life than I am right now. <laughs> is, there like a, is there like a time frame of fitness of like, all right, 14 to 17 minutes, you're in an A plus fitness or this amount of minutes to that amount of minutes, you're in a B plus. Or is it, do you have like a marker? No, if, if we're doing our jobs um, right, then everyone finishes roughly in the same time. Now, that doesn't necessarily happen, but because, you know, people have different goals in mind and right. egos Are people can come just like play. naturally faster and stronger than sure. some people? Sure, and so then I would want to cut the reps or I would say, all right, you're going, instead of, you know, four and a half minute row, it's for... 50 calories we would do all right you're on the rower for four minutes and wherever your calories are at at that time yeah. you move on okay and then we just partition your workout right 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 it's a good see one. this is like the kind of things where i'm like oh i think i'm fit and then i hear this and i'm like fucking bitch no you're if, not i i you know you've had me on here before and we've <laughs> talked about it and there are people who are not in our world of fitness who are legitimately really fit people yeah. I mean, I guess it's just the idea of like what is really fit. But not many of them. Yeah. <laughs> so if, and I'm not saying this is a great show, but there's a show on NBC now, The Rock put it on Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah. And it is 
absolutely being destroyed by former games athletes. Because if you don't do that, you cannot compete with them. Yeah. They're, they're literal fit. they're literal superhumans compared to normal folks and right. it's crazy the difference yeah no i i get that totally <laughs> now you're, i'm now i'm gonna tell my favorite workout of the week and it's gonna sound so lame <laughs> let's hear it i'm in <laughs> okay well i originally had my favorite workout was a not even a, a run a run walk that i did in florida when i was just in florida last week so on my like mini vacation i went to florida for like three days, two to three days. So it was quick. So I was happy. I saw you on the gram. Right. Of course. So I was happy. Follow me at Chrissy Grody. I was happy that I did anything at all for that short amount of time in Florida where the goal was like, just like utter relax. I Mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't check my email one time. That's the longest I've ever gone during a work week without checking my email. How was your mental state at the end of it? Amazing. Incredible. I, I felt great. So I got one workout in, it was just a run walk. It was fun to like, look at the houses in Siesta Key. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like moving through a sauna because it was at noon in June in Florida. Florida. So I felt like it was like, okay, I'm also just getting a little bit of a sauna effect here. So it's okay if I'm not able to run as far. I mean, your favorite workout doesn't have to be the most no. brutal one. No, no, exactly. It doesn't. <laughs> and you it worked doesn't. out on a three-day vacation. Yes. Like this is to be applauded. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. It just sounds very lame hearing yours after. But no, all my, my favorite workouts are not always the most difficult. But I did just do a workout right before we started recording that I kind of wanted to sneak into because it just – so that system of strength and it's this – format called high and tight and you're in a heated room Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like it's hard to explain but it's like a little bit of a Mm pilates-esque type of workout so it's like lighter weights higher repetition or just like a lot of core like you're working like a lot of your core and we had to do this move you know the bird dog plank bird Mm -hmm. dog okay so we were doing this move with the hand that was on the ground was on like a small ball to like fuck okay. up your yeah whatever. We had ankle weights on our hands. All right. And we're doing this plank with a band around our knees. <laughs> okay. In a heated room. And it was just like, I was just like, you have the audacity to ask me to do this. <laughs> like it was so, it was really challenging, but it al- sure. almost felt like I was like moving through this like, I don't know. Like I was like had all these contraptions and toys and like shit on yeah. me, and I'm like sweating profusely. And I was the word like, tone wig- used. <laughs> Patrick, you actually are taking a thump- my thing that I want to talk about in a future episode away with the word tone, so we can't get into it right Fair now. Enough. But basically, I'm starting a campaign against the word tone. I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna get into that later. But anyway, it was just a, it was a fucking crazy class. And it was one that I just was completely drenched and wrung out and probably have a sore app tomorrow. Sore abs tomorrow. I'm going to piggyback. Yeah. For two seconds. I want to give sure. a shout out to uh, David Fairbanks. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Lions Pride Weightlifting. I love David. Uh, I went down there last Monday and got some, some good coaching from David. And uh, just, you know, David and I have been friends for a while. But um, I hesitate to mention that we are friends because then it sounds like I'm plugging him because we're buddies. Uh, I will plug the fuck out of him. Right. But, but not just because he's my friend. Right, exactly, what you're getting at. Because yeah. uh, David is a hell of a weightlifting coach. And he's got some really good stuff going on down at Lions Pride. So shout out to David. And, yeah. Uh, thanks for coaching me. So. Shout out. Shout out. Okay. 
what is the thing that you want to talk about? The fitness, wellness, whatever thing. Who? Um, I mean, are we just going to talk about CrossFit now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I want to hear. You said that you had some knowledge to share with me. Again, I know, and for listeners, maybe you, you probably know way more than me. I saw like something happened about CrossFit, CrossFit across the headlines. What's going on? I don't know. And yes. so now, and, so- and I just saw too from your Instagram that you're 513 United and you're not CrossFit 513 United. Correct. So that might need some explaining. So I'll, I'll try to do the Reader's Digest of this and stay as uh, non-controversial as I can just to well, deliver yeah. the news. Okay. Um, so uh, with with the um, ongoing protests around, around George Floyd, um, there was a, a, not the World Health Organization, but something similar to that who had done a lot of the modeling for the COVID response and mm-hmm. saying, this is how we should approach the response. And clearly that didn't go super well. Right. So here this, we are in most and, cases. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> so the same organization sent a tweet out saying, we're going to do the modeling to fix systemic racism and look at it as a health issue. Okay. And, uh, Greg Glassman, the former CEO and founder of CrossFit, um, went after them pretty hard for their COVID stuff because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And when they announced that they were going to be doing modeling to fix systemic racism, he tweeted at them Floyd-19 instead of COVID-19. Mm. And his intent was to essentially say, you're going to fuck this up the way you fucked up the COVID response. But how incredibly dumb do you have to be to invoke a man's name within a couple of weeks of him being killed to use him as a point. Yeah. And then on top of that, just have the two words that you tweet and you leave all of this open to to speculation and and to interpretation. So whether or not you, you think that he's a racist, I I don't know, but incredibly dumb. Yeah. And insensitive and inappropriate to, to even think that you can bring his name up in that scenario. Right. So that kind of pulled the curtain back and Mm. the mainstream media got involved. And when they start to dig, things are going to come up. Yeah. So what ended up happening was a culture of um, sexual misconduct. A fucking course of fucking course. Everything is sexual misconduct. I just like when. Well, because there's a correlation between you being this egocentric person who then runs your kingdom. And then you think that you can do whatever the fuck you want inside that kingdom and people lose their minds. Yeah. So this comes out now, which is when we decided that we were going to pull away from them because I can't give my money to him anymore. And I can't have my members give their money to him anymore because it's not, and it's not even necessarily about how I feel or how they feel about it is my members have friends who are going to ask them, Oh, you're still going to CrossFit. Yeah. You're still giving your money to them. And so not only did we want and and feel like it was the right thing to pull away for us, but also to protect the membership from having to ask those or answer those questions. And yeah. so uh, when we made a, you know, a big public show of saying we're no longer going to be a part of this, um, it was in, in an attempt with, I think, um, a couple thousand other affiliates oh, who, yeah. who then essentially applied pressure to say we're not going to be a part of this anymore. 
And I'll tell you, it was a pretty upsetting thing for me because I've been a part of CrossFit and it has been the biggest thing in my life outside of like when I was still in the army and my wife, like it's CrossFit for me. Right. No, I thought about that when I saw the emotional side of it. I'm like, this is a part of your identity. Absolutely. And this is like hearing your parent did something really fucked up. Yeah, he was. And I, I have definitely said the quote before that, like, he was by proxy kind of a mentor to me because I've learned so much by being involved in that organization about health and fitness and the methodology yeah. and whatever. And so, you know, we, we made the painful but simple decision to move away from, from the name CrossFit. And over the past few weeks, um, that outcry has been pretty large. Mm. And since then, he has sold the company and completely Whoa. retired. So Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, is, is no longer involved whatsoever. Um, and Whoa. they brought in a new or a new owner bought in. Um, he is a former technology uh, CEO. I think data logics was his company and sit in, uh, Oracle, Oracle, okay. one of the major technology yeah. companies bought him out for like $1.2 million sure. several years ago. So he has owned a gym, a CrossFit gym for years, has been in the community for years and is now the new CEO and owner. So without dragging this out too long, we are now kind of in a little bit of a wait and see Yeah. in that we have about a month or um, five weeks or so before our affiliation officially runs out. Mm. And so I think in that five weeks, I can either see what their plan is to remedy these problems and to make us then feel good about having our name be attached to CrossFit. Yeah. And I think if we go five weeks without seeing that plan, then that's as good of an answer. Right. And so um, we're, we're waiting and seeing now. And I'm, we're actually having a town hall with our members uh, this Thursday night at Washington Park to kind of allow them to talk and oh, to see what. You that's know. a good idea. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. you want to hear what your community has to say about yeah. it. So we're, we're having that with them at Washington Park this weekend and, and just really trying to get a feel of what, what's the best thing for everybody moving forward. Oh, that's such a tough spot. Yeah, on top of us no, being closed I... for two and a half months and, you know, um, Coach mm. Robin, if you're listening, I hope you're having fun in Denver. Uh, oh. She was, you know, one of our primary coaches. Right. She, she just moved. And then, you know, we had to close the original method in yeah. April. So it's been it's been a really, really uh, kind of a roller coaster month, oh few months for God, us. But I it has know. been for everyone. Yeah. You know, I know, every- but that doesn't make it any yeah. less... <laughs> easy to get through so yeah on top of that in crossfit completely shitting the bed and and doing whatever we're uh we're just trying to figure that out and oh by the way we are two months from moving to the finley location okay this is what i have been waiting for i'm so excited for this it's it's so close to me so that's great i can walk there that's a huge bonus for me ever since sarah stopped doing her workouts through the original method on Saturdays, which has only been a couple weeks now, Mm -hmm. but I am lost without them. I feel like my workouts are pointless because I would tell her I trained during the week to do this workout, (laughs) right? Like I want to show up and I want to like give everything I've got. Yeah. And they haven't been here. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I working out? What is this for? Like I've lost my purpose. I can't wait for you guys to open. So you can, you talk a little bit about what that will look like. I know that you told yeah, us back so, way back when, so, but you know, um, we will be relocating to the Finley movement location. It's going to be called Finley movement. Uh, we really want to be a part of the neighborhood there. And the location is 
on the same block as Rheingeist facing Finley Market. Yeah, so it's if right across the street from the shed. Yeah, like so if you know where the shed is, is. And, and the farmer's market, we are across the street from that. So we'll be in there in a couple of months. Uh, it is absolutely going to be Cincinnati's premier fitness facility downtown. It is Wait. Model Group. We're, we're working with them now, and they are doing a phenomenal job on the build-out. Mm. And it is, it's going to be, it's going to be the place we've wanted to have yeah. for years. And, uh, with that, um, we had already decided that we weren't going to be, you know, it wasn't going to be CrossFit 513 United down there because mm. we want to do more than that there. Yeah. So it's, we're going to have, um, non-barbell, non-gymnastics, more like boot camp burn type classes there. So we're a little bit more approachable and right. we, can, we can cater to a wider audience. It's kind of how I think of like the work, the kind of the types of workouts that Sarah yeah. runs. Yep. So Simple we'll be doing... movements, but short time frames, and you look at it on paper, you're like, okay, yep. and then you start to do that workout, and you are not okay. Yeah, so, so we'll be having those there as well. Uh, we'll have a full retail area up front. We'll have a mezzanine level, an athlete hangout area. It's uh, it's going to be a nice facility. There's a garage door to the outside. That's great. You can burp into the microphone. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, and and that's happening uh, going down around September first. Okay. Uh, we'll be we'll be definitely starting to push that stuff pretty hard. Having okay. some open houses. Uh, the construction and build out is happening now, but Finley Movement is going to be uh, a one stop shop for fitness, health, nutrition, like all things that you need yeah. for the rest of your life. Like yeah. you know, we've been we've been asking people lately the question of when do you get to stop working out? I don't think that's, I don't ever, the never, same I never, day you stop brushing your teeth. Yeah. I never, never. I, know, I was like, I never thought that there was an end date working out and, and your fitness facility is the cost of being fit in 2020 or modern life, whatever, whatever you want right. to think of it as, because our life just isn't set up for us to be fit and healthy. So we legit have to seek it out. Yeah, you you, you don't fall it. into it. You don't find it. So our job is to be a facility that, your fitness for the rest of your life is with us and it's your health, your nutrition and your fitness. And yeah. those three things together, if you, if you have a shortness in one of those, you're not truly a fit person. Right. So, and yep. we talked about fit last time. Yep. No, I know, I know, I know. So, okay. I have a couple months to train on my own to get me ready to show up, but you also, I say it like it's like some militant, crazy, intense thing. You have all fitness levels like when i work out with yeah. sarah there are all fitness levels and everyone feels welcome and everyone gets a good workout and it's not like the way that i might be making it out to be this like crazy competitive i mean i'm sure there is that part of it that you have with some people mm -hmm. but everything that i've been a part of has been so welcoming and accommodating and i for when i first went to sarah i was super intimidated i told her this mm -hmm. and the thing that struck me right off the bat was how welcome she made me feel. She did not make me feel like I was incompetent or, you know, lacking any kind of fitness level. Like she was wonderful. And that's that first feeling with her is what is like kept me coming back. We made the decision and all the people who, who have come to us and her have made the decision to say, I recognize that I want help with my fitness. What am I doing if I then come at you for that? Why the fuck don't you know how to do this? Yeah. No, right. That's why right, you right. came to me. Right, right, exactly. You know, we, exactly. So we're we're doing a new program at the gym now to to better start people off is uh our foundation program is six weeks now. Mm. And it's like fifteen to eighteen personal training sessions because like the same thing we were just talking about of you ex person out there who hasn't worked out their whole life, 
Like you don't, and this is going to sound a little bit arrogant, but you don't get to come into to our gym and do the things that our athletes are doing right away. You, you don't want to do those things yet. But, but the catch is you should be able to do those things. They're things that all humans should be able to do. Mm. And, the interim is where this the foundation program of six weeks is we take that six weeks and fix your movement i'm not familiarizing yeah. you with movements i'm not you know hey i'm not teaching you this particular movement i'm giving you the tools to do all of the things that a human should do and then we ask you to do those in class yeah yeah no I, i'm so. so excited i'm gonna put you on the spot right now so you can't say no to me well i guess you could and then we could edit it out <laughs> but before you open or like around opening will you host a what the fit workout yeah. for like all what the, like what the fit listeners can Absolutely. come and like check it out for sure okay cool great i'm excited uh okay so the thing that i want to talk about this has been on my mind a lot lately and i feel like i've never gotten a really good answer about it working out while you're sore what what is the recommendation so for example I've been sore a lot lately, not like every single day, but maybe like once a week after a really hard workout, really sore. Like, oh my God, this is bad. Do I work out? Lightly. Do, lightly. Yes. Okay. Soreness, soreness is a part of life. Like sure. you go work out, you get sore. Don't let that impact your next workout. Like it doesn't matter. Okay. For Do you think that? Let's let's go and I always like to go back in time to think about how humans would handle these things. Like if you're if you're on the frontier building your home. Yes. Right? Oh, I built the house yesterday, I'm pretty sore. I better not mess with the garden today. Like No, you just We work don't get that. to not work out because we're sore. Okay. Okay. Is now, this if a you are debilitated? No. Or, okay, no. this is a regular view. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this is a regular view. Okay. Yes. There is a difference between being debilitated sore and sure. so tight that you're likely going to tear something injure whatever okay i don't think i'm there i'm not yeah. going to be that dramatic but i think you can tell yeah at least if you have some some experience working out so if yeah. you're your first time coming in to work out with us and you leave there a little bit sore you might have some trepidation about like ah, i can't do anything today i'm sore but we we always encourage folks to like say we have a workout it's got 150 wall balls in it your quads are going to be destroyed, mm -hmm. sore. Mm -hmm. They're not injured. You're fine. Okay. And like, so I'll tell people over the next couple of days, do a couple of sets of 10, 20 air squats because we got to get the blood flowing okay. through your legs and that blood flow promotes healing. And that's how we get, yeah, you know, through that a little bit. And kind of what, what puts it in and will in some ways take it out, not to like throw some stupid meathead logic at you but mm -hmm. if you have sore legs from a heavy squat day over the following days some really light or or unweighted squats will definitely help okay with that healing process okay so there's no like like counterproductivity to doing a workout if you're really sore because some maybe somewhere along the lines i've gotten that in my head that like okay my legs are really sore that means that in order for them to properly recover i should like this isn't sure. a way of them so saying take you, a break for a day yeah and and it's and then think about it as a long time frame so it's not something that we want to repeat like i'm i don't want you to have your shoulder sore and then like we're going to do shoulders one day and you know a chest heavy exercise the next day and keep compounding this okay but for normal training you have a really hard leg day and then the next day there's some more leg stuff involved you're fine right like where where in the world and i don't care they're about you know 
whatever education you have, like, oh, you squatted yesterday. You can't squat today. Right. Okay. Come on. (laughs) Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. I usually do, if I'm really sore, I try to take a really long walk. Yeah, it's great. And then do like a yoga class. So just the increased heart rate and the increased blood flow is what promotes that healing, which is recovery. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Why Active we... recovery is a, is a real thing. Right. Right. Why do we get sore to begin with? What is that? What's happening? So that's not 100% decided. By God or like we just don't science. know? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, Dom's, thing, Dom's, has, God, yes, Dom's <laughs> has been kind of the prevailing delayed onset muscle soreness uh-huh. has been the, like the prevailing go-to statement for soreness. And I have been reading a little bit lately where... Uh, we're not sure if it's the small micro tears that are causing the soreness that cause it to grow or if it's literally the elongation and, and time under tension. So I like muscle okay. soreness at, at, at what we had accepted for a really long time was that these micro tears that you get from lifting yeah, from weights, breaking down yeah. your muscle then then repairs itself and builds its back. Right. So back. that's, that's, it's like the small injury then heals and comes back stronger is the adaption but i don't think i'm going to give you the answer you yeah. want because okay. I, that's helpful at least. yeah I, I, there's there's still some up into the air of what muscle soreness actually is is it okay if i'm sore like every week like there's some there's like yeah. okay that's fine i live sore it's a okay <laughs> well that is kind of how i live too but i didn't know if that was not yeah so good. so this is where tracking your workouts becomes important because if you go by feel it's like diet you're not you don't know what you're eating like i think i know what i'm eating yeah well if you write everything down then you know right so if you're tracking and recording your workouts you have a journal to say well last week i did five sets of five back squats at 185 pounds and this week i tried to do that and i couldn't So then we look at, am I overtraining? Am I not recovering? Am I, is my nutrition okay? Am I sleeping? Mm-hmm. And so this, this data then gives us a chance to say, I'm underperforming for where I should be. Something's not right in my yeah. recovery. Maybe right. now I need to back it off and take some time away. Right. Okay. That's, that's kind of the unseen importance of recording your workouts. Right. Yes. I've heard that before. Like when you start, when you're, when you're not seeing any progress or you're hitting this, whatever, the plateau or even doing worse week after week, then it's a time to check in and say what's going on, which makes sense. It's illogical. Yeah. They, I mean, you, you can find uh, people are dogmatic about their beliefs and it's not unique to the fitness world, but you can find um, strength and conditioning coaches that will tell you it is impossible to get strong doing CrossFit and it is impossible to, do, to, get, to, to do it without being injured. We clearly know that's wrong. Well, yeah. But the prevailing knowledge that some people have and just want to hold on to doesn't let go. It's like, you know, and I'm sure I have some misconceptions about other things that I think is mm-hmm. the truth. Yeah. But uh, just a lot of the a lot of the dogmas we've had over the years about this is the way you get strong or this is the way you get fit. Right. Just aren't accurate right. because they they if you take a step back and realize how regimented some of the stuff is, and it's like human beings were not regimented creatures. Yeah. Constantly vary your workouts, right. have strength, have long workouts, have short and intense workouts, have stability. And right. I know that yeah. is like what, what I think of too. 
But and so much of it to me seems back to bio individuality. Like I've seen some people, and I know what what they're working out and what they're eating, mm-hmm. and like they're it's they look fit, they feel great, they, and then others. Someone else is over here tracking their workouts, tracking their sleep, tracking everything they're putting in their body, and like okay, they're barely like yeah on this level. Bad information's everywhere. Yeah, and I believe that there are a ton of people who are putting forth the right the amount of effort to be fit and healthy yeah and just doing but it the, the effort's way. in the wrong direction i know you know I've is your is time. your fitness your gym your studio your whatever is it about the results that you get or is it about a feeling from going there or is it about the personality of the, of yeah. the person who's running it which in all fairness, how whatever if that's what if that's your goal and that's what you want to get out sure. of it, then like absolutely do that. But if you're doing it thinking that it is the optimum way to be to be fit, yeah, sure, that's exactly. where the rub comes in. I'm not right. telling anyone to not do, and I'm I'm gonna respect your other guests and not talk about anything specifically. <laughs> but there are a million ways to work out. Yes, and not very many of them are inclu- like work. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I get what you're saying and I understand that. But I just also think that there's a huge percent of the population that doesn't care that much about the you're type right. of fitness that you're like, Absolutely. talking about. And it's a and social that's event. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. And like you live your life and you live and if you feel good and you have a happy life and you're rating yourself as fulfilled. So yeah, happy. Great. I'm good. I'm yeah. happy for you. Right. Um, but what I think you're talking about are those people that do put so much energy and effort into trying to, to be fit. And they're not putting it in the right basket. If you've been working out for years and you're not at your goals, yeah, it's not working. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great way to put it. If you're not hitting your goals after years of working it's out, not working. it's yep. not working. And then people constantly start over. They're like, I'm going to do this for a while. I'm going to go to Orange Theory for a while. And seven months later, it's like, okay, I'm going to try something else. And I'm going to yeah. go to x studio for a while and you're constantly starting over and maybe you don't know why but it's because there's a way that you know you want to feel and you're never getting there yeah it's tough but it just takes some internal reflection yeah some truth seeking within yourself and because a lot of it too is so subconscious that i think a lot of when that people bounce around from workouts that aren't effective or diets that aren't effective Truly, there might be something there that's like, do I deserve to have what I want? Mm-hmm. And what am I blocking myself subconsciously? Or how am I blocking myself subconsciously to getting there? So that's like, it's tough. Yeah. But I mean, what's it's worth it. To, I think the number one reflection. thing you can do to, to be fit and healthy, and this sucks, is learn how to tell yourself no. Yeah. Because that doesn't feel good. But No. But if you live now, like you constantly have to say no. Like you, the default, the default condition for folks in, in this lifetime is not fit because none of it's set up for you to be yeah. that way. So you have to forego convenience. You have to forego sometimes hanging out with your friends or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 I'm in a season of my life right now, particularly in this summer season where I am like not, a, not going to forego fun. You're an adult and you're capable of making those yes, decisions for yourself. Yes, I am. Thank you. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, and and what your goals change. Right, and, exactly. And, this yeah. is where I am right now. But you don't get to have your cake and eat it too. 
For sure. You don't get to say, I'm going to do all of these things and I want to be fit and I don't understand why I'm not. For sure. And I have that conversation with myself (laughs) more often than I would like to admit. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. Fuck it. (laughs) Fuck it. Okay. Wild card. I really like this one. Would you rather do a Zoom workout or a mask workout? Oh, man. Uh, I think I'd rather do a Zoom workout. Working out in a mask is terrible. So I've been coaching in a mask. Okay. I haven't done any physical any physical fitness with a mask on. No. Like the most physical I've been is walking through a grocery store with a mask on. Walking through an airport with a mask on. Yeah. And I, I had to sit in the airport for, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes with the mask on and it was hot. And I was like, I cannot do this. You know who loves this, right? I cannot sit on an airplane for two hours with this fucking mask. Like, I'm like going off my head. I'm like, you're fucking going to wear the fucking mask. You're fine. (laughs) Be all right. But you know who loves this shit is altitude mask guy. Oh, God. I've been working out in a mask for years. Uh, (sighs) Those are the dumbest things. Yes. Yeah. So you pick a Zoom workout. Okay. I pick... Because I'm like, I wonder if, even if it's like one, so just one time, I'm going to do a workout with a mask on, but I'm going to get to be with a lot of people yep. and I'm going to have someone coaching me right there physically. Like I'm going to get the fair. energy from other people. So maybe I pick. This is fair. Maybe I pick the mask workout. Because like a I mean, Zoom I've, workout, I've worked out in a gas mask before. Zoom workouts are so painful. This is different than a digital library situation. Yeah. This is. You can't even see one person leading. It's everyone's blurry images. It's everyone's like fucking coffee tables in their backgrounds. Yeah. So I've coached the Zoom class. I know. Bless everyone who has coached, who has taken. Like, <laughs> bless you. I understand how fucking <laughs> terribly painful that experience is. I did one. And I was like, nah, never again. That's that's uh, um, sometimes you have to be thankful for having clarity. Yeah. And being but I shut know down, lived on them. They had yeah, to. they it was terrible. Yeah. But we we got a ton of clarity into the fact that I have zero desire to run an online fitness brand. That <laughs> that ain't it for me. Yeah. And so we got to do that test run and find out that that's not sure, anything I'm know. ever in. Now I know. Now I know. Yeah. So that's mine. I think I, I think I'm gonna pick the mask for the one time. Fair enough. And see how it goes. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you very much. I can't wait for Finley Movement. September 1. You'll be hearing more from it. It's great. It's great. Thanks, Chrissy. Thank you. My guests today are the hosts of a mental health podcast about social anxiety, something both have struggled with and overcame. Their goal is to show people that they are not alone in their mental health. They're all about the power of vulnerability to facilitate more self-love and strengthen human connection. Please welcome Kyle Mitchell and Jeremy Green of the Social Social Ninjas podcast. Damn, got to get it out. Hi guys. Yeah. I'm so happy to I'm so happy to have you on. I really appreciate it. Jeremy is super excited. I'm super excited too. Because we have this we got we had this wonderful Maybe a bot connected us on Instagram. We don't know who this person is. If that person is listening to this podcast now, please reveal yourself. Um, but basically, probably. someone was like, hey, you t- yeah, <laughs> probably. It's like, hey, you guys should get together. So I checked out your page, obviously, as one does on the gram. And immediately, <laughs> we were speaking the same language, have very similar 
interests. So I'm excited to learn more. I've listened to a couple episodes. I have some topics I want to dig into. But before that, I'd love to hear first, like your individual experiences and stories that led you to starting the podcast together. And then we can like talk about the podcast itself. But for I was losing my shit before we just started recording that you guys have never met in person. That's insane. Oh, for people listening, we're shaking our heads. <laughs> <laughs> that was a silent I'm like, response. I'm like, wait, we've got two podcast hosts here that are using nonverbal <laughs> body language to signal something. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, we use Zoom, so we we do video at times as well. <laughs> right. So you do get to like pick up on those nonverbal cues. I felt though, as I was telling you guys, I had to make the transition to recording virtually. And I felt like I've had to be way more expressive on video. So like as we're talking, people can really pick up those like nonverbal cues. Do you feel like you have to do the same? I mean, we've always done it the same. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems normal, I guess. <laughs> there, there was a transition where we just 100% audio, but there was no video. And then we transitioned to video. So that yeah, was... That was different. Sure. Yeah, that was uncomfortable for... There's a little bit of an adjustment period. Really yeah. interesting. Mm. See, I feel like it would be for me more uncomfortable to just like a phone call because I would be like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Like, how do I read what they're doing or how do I pick up on it? No, because know. if they can't see us, it's, it's almost it's less, I have more of a protection. Yeah. There's so no, much that communication that, that is done through visualization. Yep. No, that makes sense. For sure. Okay, who wants to go first? Dive into the story, how you got into Oh, Kyle for sure does. <laughs> Kyle does. Take it All away, right. Kyle. I nominate Kyle. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm glad I'm telling the story because sometimes Jeremy likes to twist the story and make me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm telling you. <laughs> so just first, just Kyle, so you know what I'm saying is the truth. Okay, good. You're in Indiana. Yes. And Jeremy is in L.A. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Have at it. So, yeah. Well, um, I guess it all started. We met on Instagram and we were both kind of, we both had similar backgrounds as far as like struggling with social anxiety. We both created Instagrams to help others as well as kind of challenge ourselves. And Jeremy thought I was so awesome that he decided to follow me, and I followed him right back. <laughs> That's the true oh, yeah. part. <laughs> and so, yeah, we realized that we had, you know, similar missions, and I guess we started doing a combined Instagram live. You know, we did it, I think it was over confidence, so we kind of had our, like, notes written up. And it was kind of funny, uh, that Instagram live was actually the first time we even video chatted with each other. And we, the only thing we've done before that was just uh, messaging back and forth. So yeah, that, that was kind of interesting that we did it that way. I'm not sure why that was the way, but it was a good thing. So yeah, yeah and we had so much fun doing it. And a lot of people got value out of that little thing we just whipped together. And we we're kind of like, I've always wanted to do a podcast. Let's do it, man. <laughs> so that's kind of... Yeah. Yeah, the short version, I guess. No, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I have a lot of a lot of friendships that have been birthed from Instagram. Like me the too. follow, the slide in the DM, like that leads to maybe coffee, <laughs> whatever. Like I have a lot of really, really good friends that I met through Instagram. It's great. <laughs> I have this guy Kyle that I know who's great. 
from Instagram. You might know him from the famous The Social Ninjas podcast. Your co-host. Your co-host. Yeah. So, so, Kyle, I was looking online and I saw, you know, that you've struggled, you had struggled with social anxiety for a really long time. And that's kind of what got you into this whole realm. Can you share, like, what was your experience like? I know it kind of intensified in high school, right? And, you know, how did that show up for you? And then how did you eventually overcome? Or I, I've always wondered about this too. Is it, is it like you beat it or is it like a thing that like, it's always going to be there, but you found ways to work through it. I think it's always there to a certain extent, but it's nowhere near as drastic as it was before. It almost feels like sometimes I don't even realize it's there because there's some kind of, you know, systems where we kind of, or me personally, I want to say for both of us, we're kind of like reprogrammed our minds to just think differently and it doesn't even show up. I'm not saying that there aren't times, but um, to start from the beginning, uh, I guess, yeah, like, like, like you said, it really intensified. And that's really when I knew I had or had social anxiety or really had a problem with, with it was in high school when I transitioned, you know, going from this, really small private school with like 50 kids in it to one where I had a class of 400 and 50 kids in my class. I mean, that was a huge culture shock for me. And yeah, that's when it really, you know, kind of festered in was like, okay, this is like something serious. Like I thought I was just kind of like a shy person, didn't talk to a whole lot of people. And it became uh, a lot more of that. And yeah, like you said, a, a lot intensified what and did so, it like how did how did it show up were you like i'm dreading going to school i don't want to talk to anyone i feel like physical symptoms yeah i think it didn't really hit me until like the very first day of like how bad this was gonna be <laughs> and I was, then i kind of like started freaking out a little bit and um and it's kind of hard to describe i didn't have a whole lot of physical symptoms i think most of mine was really just like mental and inside my head but uh i've shared this before on our podcast but i mean kind of what i started doing was you know this bus dropped me off there was like 40 minutes left until school started every single day and so you know i was just at school for 40 minutes you know i didn't know anybody didn't know where my classes were and all that stuff and i mean to make myself feel comfortable i you know created a plan like you know as soon as i can which was to just walk around in circles in the hall, you know, for 40 minutes until that uh, class, you know, the class rang for me to go to class. And yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, that was just kind of my thing that I did. It made me feel a lot more comfortable. And, you know, I wasn't that kid on the, the side. And, you know, there was a point in time where that I eventually had to stop doing that because some girl kind of figured out my plan and called me out in front of the bot, oh. in front of the, the whole bus and Ugh. yeah it, it was a mess <laughs> yeah yeah the reason why i was asking is because i i don't think i've personally suffered from social anxiety and maybe the the right question is like how do you define social anxiety like what is it yeah i mean how i've always defined it is just really feeling anxious in social situations so i mean this could be as simple as you know, you're going inside McDonald's and waiting in line to order, 
<laughs> something or something that is like more what people kind of think of as like going to a party can be, you know, really trigger that social anxiety. So it, it really is, I think it's just in social situations in general, big and small. Yeah. And I, so I just got back from a quick trip to Florida last night at like midnight, my flight landed <laughs> at like midnight. Oh, really? Where were you? Yeah. I was in Orlando. I came back yesterday. Okay, cool. I was in Siesta Key and came back yesterday. But so I, well, I said I haven't experienced social anxiety. I get really bad travel anxiety. It's not because I'm afraid to fly at all. I have no problem. Actually, once I'm on the plane, I'm like good to go. This is like the time where I can like finally feel okay. And I travel. Oh, yeah. Do you, you feel me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. And so like, uh, and, and I, I travel, I have to travel alone for work. I travel alone for leisure. Like it's not something that prevents me from going to travel because I love to travel and go to new places, but it's the, it's just the act of like, first of all, getting everything together feels like stressful to me. Then I'm like going over a million times. Okay. What time am I leaving? What time do I have to be there? Like, what if there's a big line for security? What if I like am holding people up in the line for security? What if I can't get through fast enough? Like, what if they start boarding my plane? I'm in the bathroom, like, you know, all the thoughts and I've traveled a ton and I've had maybe, maybe three experiences that have like not been pleasant because of whatever never have i missed a flight never have i like it, it's not rational thoughts that i'm having right but still they like come up so i guess it's like that similar experience that similar like feeling in your body in a social situation yeah absolutely yeah. It, it was making me laugh because i remember jeremy texted me like, i think it was the day i was getting on the plane he's like are you excited for vacation i texted him back said I will be once I'm on the plane. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like what? It, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from for me. Cause like I said, it's not something that I avoid doing, but it's definitely there. And travel anxiety is a, a deal with me and just like overall anxiety. Like I'm experiencing anxiety today, I think as like a post vacation kind of like come down situation where I'm like, all right, it's back to work. I got to record whatever it is. And I like physically, it will manifest like tightness in my chest. So that's where that question yeah, came I, from I, too. I, like if you got that. Yeah. I've heard of people experiencing that. I, I personally haven't experienced tightness in chest. I mean, if you're talking sweaty palms, for sure. I've had that physical symptom. I definitely have that, but I've never had any kind of tightening myself. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah. yeah I've, Drown the rush, not feeling myself, talking a lot faster than I need to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and then it, once you're on the plane, you're fine. Or um, I've had like, like going on a podcast or having a podcast or doing free hugs around the world. <laughs> Crazy. Um, once we're gonna once talk about going, that. We're gonna talk about that. <laughs> once you get going, I mean, it's just it's a, it's incredible. So it's yes. over. Yeah. I feel the same way. There's like always this like touch before something. And the reason why I like go through that touch of whatever is like, I know on the other side, it's going to be good. I've had enough practice now in my years of life. I'm like, I know I just got to like get through this part and the rest will be good. But yeah. as when you're like a young child, you might not have had the experience yet to be like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like I'm going to be okay. 
So Kyle, how did you like work through that social anxiety at a young age? What did you do to to cope or what strategies did you deploy? Yeah, so I mean, I didn't do it at a super young age. I didn't really start taking any action on it until I was in college. But uh, what I did was I just suffered silently all through high school. Yeah, I mean, I I did some things to kind of be able to make it bearable. You know, I talked to therapists and I I saw counselors and kind of opened up to different people, which made it to where it was bearable to get through. But I was, you know, still at a point where I was, you know, it was having impact on my life and was making decisions for me, even though that's not really what I wanted to do. But uh, how I got past that and really challenged that thinking, like you said earlier, those irrational thoughts to start just creating, you know, uncomfortable challenges for myself. And I know Jeremy did a similar thing as well. Uh, I'll give one example. So the, the first one that I did do was during school and it was for, it was during class that I, that I had to do. So in every class I had, there was, you know, a part of your grade was attributed to participation, which I was terrible at because I never raised my hand or only thing I did was show up to class, but you actually had to participate (laughs) so that that was my first challenge it was like okay so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna raise my hand or answer a question whatever participate in some way one time every single class and then if you know if i can do that i'll reward myself and so i mean i just kept doing that consistently and sometimes forcing myself more than other days to just keep powering through and keep doing it and i'd say probably about five or six weeks like i was I didn't eliminate my social anxiety, but I was not scared to raise my hand at all. I was, you know, answering multiple times a class, felt completely comfortable doing it. And that's why I was like, whoa, this is awesome because I've struggled with this my whole life. <laughs> I should have done this a long time ago. And so that's, right. that's what my kind of challenges kept building and building from there. Like the realization is like, oh, wait, I can make this go away. Or like, I have control over this. Like, this doesn't have control over me. Right. And the fact that, you know, I was showing those irrational thoughts like, hey, that's not true. People don't (laughs) people aren't like making fun of me or judging me for like asking a question, even if I get it wrong. Like, that's just not a thing that is actually happening. Once I kind of saw that, my brain was like, oh, we don't need to protect him from this. We can let him go. And that's when, you know, anxiety about that situation resided. Yeah. The number of times today I've had to tell myself that what you're thinking is not true. It's like, <laughs> this has been a mantra my whole day. I'm like, it's been bad. When you say that you rewarded yourself, what, like, how would, how did you, because it sounds like you're kind of like training your brain. Like, okay, if I do this behavior, I get a reward. If I do this behavior, I get a reward. How, what, what did that reward look like? Yeah, so reward for me, I was in college, so I still played video games a lot. And so how I rewarded myself was I allowed myself to play an hour of video games before I started my homework, which is very unlike me because I was very disciplined and making sure I got all my stuff done before I, you know, messed around with anything like that. So that's how I rewarded myself. And yeah, it worked really well. That's awesome. I love that. That's really a good, a good trick. Um, okay. So I see that you're a member of the National Alliance of Mental Illnesses. What is, what is this? What do you do? You speak? Tell me about that. Yeah, so it's an organization that has a lot of resources uh, for people, a lot of free resources. And so they have like a, a national and then have like little sub branches, you know, all across the country. 
And so basically I did like this training with them to where I'm a NAMI certified speaker and, and now I can speak in schools and stuff like that and on, on their behalf. I was looking for the words there. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's another one of the uncomfortable challenges that I started doing. I was like, I'm going to start speaking because I hate doing it and I want to get good at it. <laughs> that's really good for you. Do you find it really rewarding to go into schools to talk about it? absolutely it's like the yeah. best feeling ever. <laughs> yeah uh, every time, awesome. it's just like, <laughs> i would imagine that's really incredible if you can think about where you came from before of like dreading going into school to like no you are making the choice empowering yourself it's like no, i'm gonna go in front of people and talk about this thing that i struggled with yeah yeah it's it's an amazing feeling every time <laughs> that's really great um, okay, Jeremy, I know that you have, we've, you've been quiet over there as you've let Kyle take the floor. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I want to hear from you now too. I got to hear about these free hugs around the world. These, <laughs> everything, talk to me. Everything, talk to me. Everything. <laughs> so my social Lay anxiety came, Lay it all out. My social anxiety came from my, uh, well, initially my oldest brother, who's a young adult living with autism. He beat me up, and then I took that story on into middle school, where I had a friend and I, we got in an argument, and he decided to get me back by basically getting this entire grade against me. So, like, if anyone messed with me, he, it was, like, cool. Like, oh, you messed with Jeremy today? Awesome. And then... Oh, my God, that's so traumatic. Yeah, it was awful. And then <sighs> um, I, I, I ended up hanging out with a grade level underneath me, and I ended up feeling so disconnected from everyone and i just felt like i had no value and no worth and no one liked me and it's funny you talk about like all the stuff in your in your brain i didn't realize this until recently i just assumed no one liked me when in actuality if i actually think about it and I, right now there's no way not everyone likes me no because the thing is too is like most people just don't care about anyone else but themselves yes and i heard you said earlier about like in, in class, I don't want to talk in class. Most more people care how they sound. They don't care what you say. Exactly. We're all so busy paying attention to ourselves because we're all in our own heads having these exact same thoughts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, and then I just never really found a, a place to. I didn't, I didn't feel I belonged. And then in high school, I was kind of wandering, and I had self love issues and. Um, it wasn't, I just, I was so tired of not liking myself, not loving myself. And I went through depression and I went through anxiety, a lot of it. And it wasn't for me as many things. I just did social challenge after social challenge just to like work out that part of my brain. How did you get to the point where you were like, okay, I'm going to make myself do these social challenges. Cause I feel like there may be a point where it can feel very overwhelming, right? Where it's like, I can't even think about going to like make myself do that. So how did you, you know, work up to that point? Honestly, I hit it, I hit rock bottom. There's, yeah. there's, there's a, I'll never, I'll never forget it. I was in my room, my mom was there and I just, for some reason I couldn't stop crying. I was just so unhappy with myself. I'm so unhappy with life. I was like, life is, is life sucks so much. I just could not stop crying. And I was like, couldn't stop crying. Mom's like, oh, oh. He's having a hard time. And so I decided to just change as I couldn't do this anymore. And I almost went on antidepressants at one point and 
but I didn't want to have to, I don't want to I mean I have nothing against it if it helps you but like I don't want to have to rely on something like that so I did challenge of the challenge to get over that it did start if I'm being honest it started in junior college when um I read the, the book the game by Neil Strauss I don't, I don't think I've read is I don't think I've read it what's the premise the premise is this guy he has no he's really bad with women and he meets like the best pickup artist in the world and oh, this a, is like a, a this is like a what's that will smith movie hitch, hitch. hitch. yeah <laughs> and, and yeah it's a, it's a story his story and how he became like the best pickup artist from going from no really bad with women to best pickup artist in the world and i read this and i was so into it and i ended up joining like a pickup artist community okay this and... is amazing i did not know <laughs> that there was a community of pickup artists yeah <laughs> It was intense, but it was like my first taste of self-improvement because in the community, you would share your stories. I went up to this girl, this happened, this happened, and they were so supportive. Like, good, good job yeah. for going up to that girl. Like, you went up to her. Who cares if you fail? You're learning. I was good for you for actually going up to her. That's the win. And I remember talking about it. Well, yeah. I mean, take the pickup part aside, whatever it is. Like, you have. there's a strength in community. Oh, so much. And yeah. it's interesting, like, there was things I didn't like about it, obviously, but I grabbed onto what I liked, and that was becoming 1% better every day and just uh, being about my effort over my results, just giving myself love for the effort. And um, just, yeah, it was it was incredible. And then I, I ended up joining the community, and I started helping other people uh, who I, who needed some support as well. And then, and then of course I did the free hugs around the world. That was fun. And then yeah, what is that? What is free hugs around the world? So I was on a podcast. It was this lady who had a show called Inspirational Hour, and she challenged me to go and give out free hugs because she had been doing it for ten years. And I thought, so okay, wait, break this yeah, down. When you say you just go out into the street and you say you get a free hug do you hold a sign do you is there like do you have a badge of some sort like how do people know <laughs> i'm a free hug i'm a free hugologist basically okay yeah. so like you carry your credentials with you obviously <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> without the badge without the badge free hugologist no i you have a sign that says free hugs you hold it above your head and you never ask for a hug that's one, like it's always sets of rules and you never hold you never ask for hugs or you mean like motion you just hold it above your head and you just stand there and you wait for them to come over to you well you your business is really tanking with COVID, huh oh it's bad <laughs> i am i am so broke when it comes to free hugs yeah <laughs> okay so when you when you travel where did you go around the world to stand with this free hug sign i am so many questions how many hugs did you get was there ever an uncomfortable situation where you didn't try to give a hug yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It, it, I, there were. I was in, like the first. I remember, I'll never forget the first day. I had like, an, I definitely had an anxiety attack. I was, <laughs> I was supposed to get over to the promenade at like 10 a.m. or something, and ended up getting where out is there, this? Like, third in Santa Monica. Oh, like okay. A very yeah. busy street, and I, I helped. Like, I never forget. I finally got out there like 5 p.m. <laughs> seven hours later. Did you just sit there for seven hours waiting no. to go out? I couldn't, I just was getting anxiety. I couldn't even like drive over there. I was getting too anxious. Oh, and that's then really good for you. 
yeah and then there's like that first moment of just like I was in slow motion, slowly putting my sign above my head, and then everyone—it was—it literally went in slow motion. All the heads kind of slowly turned over and faced me to read my sign, and it was just—I'm getting anxiety thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I to take you for, but it was nerve-wracking. But it taught me so many lessons so indirectly later on it was was crazy i had people crying in my arms i had yeah i had really intense connections and i'll never forget i did like a few hours of it and i got to the restaurant had no interest in going on my phone i was just so satisfied it was really powerful does it make you feel like we are really or we can be really starved for human connection that you just see someone holding a sign in the street and it compels you to go over and you're like crying in a stranger's arms yeah definitely and i think it encompasses so many things from fear of being vulnerable and we talk about this in our podcast a lot of just how in our society it's it's created if you're vulnerable it's seen as a weakness and on top of that there's this toxic Uh, idea like if you're vulnerable a lot of the times people displace you know stuff that doesn't belong on you on there because they're like oh this guy's vulnerable let me toss all this like trash i've been holding from like being mad at my boss being mad at my wife or husband and let's just throw it over here because he's he's gonna you know there's this fear of being vulnerable right and then okay let alone then it's also the feelings that you have of like my guard is down my internal guard is down and that's yeah. not comfortable. No. And I, I even went through it. I had like, I had growth periods within the free hugs, such as like when I'm, so the rule is you hug them. So now how, when do you let go? Let's ask you, do you know when you let go? No, I have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> so you let go. So there's there a rule. Oh my God. That could be a long time, huh? yes i'll never so i felt uncomfortable okay i don't want to hug you that long i feel bad i'm sorry i know all my old messages came up like i don't want to bother you okay i'll let go even though they came up to you and asked for the free hug right right, your brain is like i don't want to bother you person that just came up to me (laughs) i know i get it (laughs) and so it was a growing experience for me to be like all right let me just wait. Oh, wait, let's go. <laughs> let's be uncomfortable. Yeah, that is uncomfortable. But that is, I think, one of the best ways too that you can really work on like your listening skills and your own vulnerable vulnerability is to like, sit with other people's discomfort. And like, it makes you uncomfortable too. But like, that's what people need the most in that time not to tell them how they should be feeling or what they should do or any advice. It's like, nope, we're just you're sad okay i'm just gonna sit here next to you i don't have to do anything i don't have have to take it away i don't have to like the powers that's just that i'm here next to you yeah i like how you said like you're not trying to fix anything you're just trying to hold that space and you know like i'm sure it's been said multiple times growth happens that and you're and you're out of your comfort zone yeah but it's hard because we don't like to see other people hurting and especially if we're thinking about our loved ones like I have to, I catch myself all the time when someone, you know, is upset or sad or down that I want to come in and I want to make it better for them. Yeah. I'm like, there's, there's, it's not there's my a, job. 
this to make it better thing. for you. A lot of people are crying. People have a tendency to like rub their back and say, "Oh, it's okay. That's actually really bad. Not good to do that because it it's they don't, they don't give them that space to process it. And on top of that, you're trying to rescue them. You're not letting them yeah. process it like with them. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you're telling them their feelings are invalid by saying it's okay when yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's really okay. fucking sad. Whatever you're yeah, feeling right now, like, it's really don't fucking touch sad. Me. Let me leave me alone. I'm crying. Okay, let me. I don't want to. Put it under my like emotional rug, as I always like to say. Yeah, no, it's hard. I think it's that's a constant practice for me, like how I can show up and be there for people without uh, uh, fixing or changing. Giving advice, directive, that's the most toxic thing people do, and they don't realize they're being it. We had a guest who talked right. about this, just like people- yeah, the the most recent guy, Joe. Is that his name? Ben. 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 Yeah. Good. Wow. Yeah, that he, that he, yeah, was, he, he was saying that he's kind of switched to, instead of saying you should do this of like, can, what is that? Can I offer a suggestion or like something like in that vein? I can't remember the exact phrasing, but he's like, it kind of transforms the way the language is working. Does not saying like, you should do this, but like here, I can I offer you this? And then the person can decide, do I want to receive it or do I not? And yeah, and you don't take offense when they say no. They're just like, all right, that's that's my support. Right, right, right. So, wh- where did you go? Where did you travel over the world with your free hugs? What are some places that you visited? I did. I did. Well, I've done, I've done three continents. I did uh, a road trip. I call it the Spread Kindness Project. And I started in Los Angeles, and I drove off to like Oregon. I did free hugs there, and then I went to Seattle, and I did free hugs like in that famous area, and then. Um, I drove up to Vancouver, Canada, and I did mm-hmm. free hugs there. And then I, of course, I did a challenge within a challenge where I actually stayed in the trailer of a guy I give a free hug to. Jeremy, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. These stories still blow my mind. <laughs> I commend you. I commend you for your internal growth, but we have to think about safety here too. <laughs> no, he, he's he's awesome. Like when he stopped to give me a hug, he had a suit on and he just clean cut, like financial. Oh, that advisor. means he's totally fine, and nothing's wrong with him. <laughs> I, I clean like to cut think in a suit, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, it was it was crew. Like he he had just gone through a divorce, and he really needed a hug that day, and. He hung out for like an hour. I'm like, why is this guy just hanging out for an hour and not knowing that he just went through his went through a divorce and he's really needed a hug? And then a few months later, he actually visited me in LA for the first time. He'd never been to LA. Wow. He stayed cool. here. No, that's a great story. Yeah. I'm glad that you, you know, still have all your limbs intact and <laughs> are here to talk to us today. <laughs> so what's the Mankind Project? So Mankind Project is so as men there's never like an initiation process from going to like a child to a man so what mankind project is it's that it's kind of it's getting rid of toxic masculinity like one group at a time so uh normal guys get together and we basically have different rounds and we in a very safe space uh talk about the different emotions what's going on we stay with like the five core we got sadness anger fear shame um enjoy and we really like check in like feeling this and this this i feel it right here in my body and then you kind of then we can go to the next round it's it was an accountability like integrity 
round where you talk about where am I out of integrity in my life? And we get underneath the integrity of like, why am I not a person? My word What's what's old stories are preventing me from being a person of integrity. And it's crazy. Like say you're always late to meetings. The reason you're late to meetings could be subconsciously. You don't think your presence at that meeting makes a difference. That's incredible to hear you talk about this. I've thought about this a lot because, you know, I'll ask a little bit later on about, you know, ways that you guys take care of yourselves. I know that a recent, I think it was Ben kind of said he doesn't identify with that term. He likes self-support, which is cool. And if like, that's the way that men identify better than the term self-care, I'm all for it. But just that women are so easy, can so easily talk about what it is they need to do to take care of themselves and get support. And I think that's massively missing for men. So is this a, a localized, is it national? Worldwide, fully worldwide. And I've actually, when quarantine started, that was one of my social challenges. I went to meetings around the world and around the United States, and I actually organized a, a, a global eye group where there is men from three, four different continents. Wow. And so then, how do you how if someone's interested how do you get involved um for me it was my cousin i was kind of lost in my life and he's like oh, there's this meeting i'm like what's that and i went and it was amazing but you know like mankindproject.com or org or whatever it is online and they have you go what you do is you go to like uh like a weekend where you go to the weekend and it's powerful you do some really good work and you kind of find your mission not in like a religious sense but but more so like my why why am i on this planet and a lot of times most of the time actually the why comes from our biggest challenges or our biggest pleasures like what do we want to bring more of into the world like for me i want to bring more self-love and authentic human connection by leading by example that's my my why that's what keeps me going and um i love how you talked about there's not enough men talking mental health that's why i mean kyle like, all right, we got to do this. There's like literally, I'll, I'll go on Instagram, I'll type in um, mental health, and it's like almost all women. I know. Yeah. I know. And it's like mental health is a human thing, not a, it's not by gender. Yeah. And it's, I think it, it needs, I hope it gets less stigmatized. It has gotten a little well, better, but. Yeah. I think the more conversations like this that people can hear, the more, you know, work that you guys are both doing that it just is going to break down those walls slowly, but surely I think so. Mm-hmm. So talk, talk to me a little bit about the podcast. So like if you, you know, how do you describe it to people? Um, what are, you know, some common themes that, that come up a lot with you guys? Kyle. <laughs> I've been talking yeah. a lot. I want to give him a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get my voice there for a second. Um, yeah, I mean, how I would describe it is, I mean, we just really like to have conversations with amazing people of all scopes about around the area of mental health. I mean, mm-hmm. it can be business people, coaches, uh, you know, therapists, whoever, and just really just talking about mental health. And some of the ones I really like the most are, you know, don't have a background in mental health, but they're know prosperous in other areas of their life but they also take care of their mental health and they kind of share with us and everybody listening kind of you know mental health isn't just for you know like you said females or you know therapists or whatever it may be like everybody needs to work on it and so that's what our our podcast brings i think 
yeah it's kind of that that real life application like this person's doing a really cool thing and this is how they're taking care of them, their mental health yeah i love our podcast i think i think it's it's crazy how far it's come from an instagram live and now we've had well over 15 um tedx speakers as guests and i've learned like we started the podcast as a means of learning as much or i'm for me personally learning as much as i can and making an authentic connection as many as i can and you know it'll take care of itself and then i wasn't really taking it seriously and then people started listening and then we started to get we started to get more accomplished uh guests on or like wait what this tedx speaker wants to be on our podcast i'll never forget that and then when and then it became easy to get tedx speakers on the podcast like my so that's another beautiful it's like once thing. you once you get one yeah. then you could get the others <laughs> it's like, like a the- catch a t- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing I, I always talk about is like not putting anyone on the pedestal we're all the same because right when you put someone on the pedestal you're actually energetically putting yourself down and then also- yeah. that's been a challenge with the podcast <laughs> for me yeah like, wow person's way too big to be on our podcast I was like wait no stop <laughs> I, it's a good story I was, Kyle, I was Kyle and I were talking about like resistance and or, or limiting beliefs and stuff like that and I was like all right Kyle let's do this who do you really look up to on Instagram make a list and then I stayed on zoom until waited for him to send all of them messages to be on the podcast that's amazing that's some real great accountability shit right there yeah. and, and- I was going to ask like how do you how you get your guests but is it a lot like you're just like reaching out on Instagram and like saying hey let's do this that takes yeah. balls that takes a <laughs> lot of guts good for you guys I have I I was talking to you guys before the majority of my guests are local here in Cincinnati since I like to do that impersonal that in person connection um and so it's a variety of, like people saying oh you know you should talk to this person kind of like a network thing or just like me being out in the community a lot in like fitness, health and wellness and just meeting people in general. But then there are a few where I'm like, okay, I see this person on Instagram and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And then I think, you know, okay, what's the worst? They're going to ignore my DM or they're going to tell me no and like, I'll live. It's fine. But they might actually want to come on. Yes. <laughs> so, go Talent, for it. Talent, but it's, Talent, yeah. Talk about this. It's like, it's like we, we say it's like reps with mental health in general. Like you just you're not results oriented. You're putting commitment over emotions and you're just doing the reps. Like I'm not concentrating on um, who says yes or, or whatnot. I'm concentrating on sending 10 messages. That's it. Yep. And if I, if I send 10 messages, I'm like, yes, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. What are, what are a few of like the must listen episodes in your opinion, both of you, if you had to pick like the top. <laughs> I know it's hard. If someone asked me to do that with mine, it would be very difficult for me to. So <laughs> no, sorry, I, I, sorry to well, put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> one of some of our podcasts guests are going to be listening, and they're going to be like, "Oh well, well, Jeremy, um, what's okay?" Well, well, disclaimer: obviously, you love all of them equally, and they're wonderful, <laughs> and you're appreciative of them coming on. But if you had to pick a few, maybe no, not the, we're not saying the best. Just you know, coming to mind yeah. of like you think people will get value out of the mo- Kyle. Okay. People are getting value out of all of them, but you know. <laughs> I'm thinking because we ha- we have a lot that we haven't even published yet, so I have those How? kind of in mind as well. He's, he's like, well, we're, so- we're actually we're excited about the ones we haven't published yet. Yeah, um, some ones that I mean, I'll, I'll think of one off the top of my head that is exciting. I think because we talked to 
a lady named Emily Kyle, which she is a holistic cannabis practitioner. Oh, she fuck talks, yeah, I want to listen to that one. She talks a lot about <laughs> <laughs> CBD, cannabis, how to use it for your mental health, what is actually true, and what is just some stoners saying online. <laughs> and so I think that one's really informative. What's the name again? Her name's Emily Kyle. You can look her up. Her okay. Instagram Emily Kyle Nutrition. We haven't released the episode, okay. but... You can look at yeah, really, yeah, well, yeah, maybe. Okay, maybe that's a better question. This will keep you guys safe. Some upcoming ones that you're really excited about, <laughs> so that then you can't. We don't. No one's playing favorites. So that sounds like an incredible one, and I cannot wait to listen to that because I am really, really enjoy smoking weed to help with my anxiety and my yeah. mental health. So I'm pumped I, uh, to listen yeah. to that. About that. I'm I'm personally I'm really excited. I really liked uh, our Gary. We have one uh, this guy named Gary Ware, and he did a, a TEDx on how play saved his life. And cool. That one resonated with me so much because I like playing, and it just he just brings up a bunch of research that proves the benefits, the mental like the benefits of putting play in your life, from a yeah. stress level to a confidence level to everything. Right, right. And I think that the challenge for me was like, would be, what does play look like for me? It looks like you're going to listen to this episode. (laughs) That's exactly what it sounds like. Thank you. I will wait. Well, you know, I listened, like I said, I listened. It's out. It's out. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, then I'll listen to it. Okay, go Um, ahead. But what I... I listened recently to Ben, the licensed master social worker, and I had such a huge takeaway that I really never thought Ooh. about before. And I so I, I know it was like a it was a great moment for me today. And I think it was really good that I was in this place of just having a, experiencing a lot of anxiety today that, you know, I do a lot of work and I on myself and trying to feel my feelings because I've spent most of my life pushing away my feelings or judging them as good or bad. You know, I, I would love to talk about feelings. I would love to analyze them. Anything to really distract me from actually feeling them because who wants to be uncomfortable, right? Yeah. No one, no one does. It's tough. And I, and I had this realization because I was like, some of them's like, oh, I'm really in touch with my feelings. I'm an emotional person. I'm empathetic, like yada, yada, yada. And then to came to realize like, no, you're not really feeling anything doing, doing what you're doing there. And so what he said was you really can't experience emotions alone that we need to feel with others. And I was like, oh my God, that's so true, at least for me. Because, you know, if I think about when I'm having the deepest discomfort or the deepest anxiety or just feeling the worst, it's when I'm alone in my head trying to solve something, trying to control something, pretending I'm processing, but what I'm really doing is just trying to make that feeling go away. And like the times when I feel the best is when I'm being vulnerable, when I'm sharing with other people, mm. you know, that, that that's where it starts to feel better. That's where it can like release. Not when I'm just yeah. trying to do it all on my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I never thought, I never really thought about that. I kind of always thought like, well, I have to do my work. I have to process it. I have to feel it, you know? But I'm like, no, I think that, at least for me, that made so much sense to say, no, we, you got to f- feel it with other people. That's how it kind of moves. 
Yeah. And, on top so of and that, that makes like, sense why, you know, why therapy is so powerful. Or like you said, why, why your why groups and communities are so powerful in that way. Like you can't get there on your own. You needed other, you know, think about addiction. Like you, a lot of people, you can't get out of that on your own. Hmm. Yeah, like there's also an element or a level of uh, feeling it was someone else there because a lot of times the, the the trauma and stuff that's causing that is within our bodies and not in our heads. Yet we're trying to fix it in our heads when it's in our bodies. So what I love about uh, in group especially is when I'm feeling like angry and I have like a facilitator and they're like, "All right, how are you feeling?" I'm like angry and they're like, "Not, you don't look like you're angry. What is <laughs> Let's go show me. What do you mean?" And as one of those like out of body cathartic experiences, I'll just tell a story really quickly. As some girl I was supposed to go on a date with flaked, and then ended up I wasn't actually into her, so I was like, "Why am I so angry?" And it was oh, fucking been there, bunch. Like this thing that I don't want to do, you don't want to do it with me. Like what? <laughs> I was yeah. So then I went to a, like a meeting, and I'm, I'll never forget this. this. Is such a like pivotal part of my life. And like, I'm really, I want to look at the fact while I was so angry when this girl flaked and I wasn't actually into her. And I'm like, all right, show me that anger. Like, where's that anger? Like, was it a sound? And I, was, I started, I was like, gave me some of the, I, I let it all out. I scream. They're like, any more? I'm like, oh my God. It's all strangers, mind you. I'm like, scream. Ah! Just really feeling it. it was so uncomfortable. And then it felt yes. like a champagne bottle, like cork just popped off. And then tears. I had no control over it. Like it wasn't conscious. Tears just went, pouring down oh. my face. I was like, oh, <gasps> just it was insane. It's like, were you really sad and not angry? Yes. Anger is yeah. just a like a watchdog. Anger is to protect you from feeling emotions. Anger is to protect you from feeling sadness and shame. So it was it was blocking me from processing some underneath stuff that has was tied to being bullied by my main bully. Yeah. And I let it out. Yeah. And then the story, of course, now there's a whole so you gotta reprogram the story or message that was there. That's important. And then yeah. um just yeah, it was it was a powerful experience. Yeah. And just, wow, that is just to just to bring it bring, we talked about like a guest I'm excited about. We have this guest coming up, um, Dr. Haley Watson, and she did a TEDx on feel actually feeling your emotions. Okay, I gotta listen to that one too. And the crazy part is uh her, she's gonna she's been working in bullying for the last like 15 years, PhD. She's going to mediate a podcast between me and my main bully from middle school. Are you kidding? No, I'm serious. <laughs> okay, I can't believe the the main bully agreed to come on. That's gonna be super fucking uncomfortable for him too. Yeah. Well, the crazy part is he has a crazy story. He ended up getting involved in in a gang, and he ended up going to jail. And he wrote me from jail. So it's gonna be interesting to get into the head of what caused him to be a bully. What what kind of trauma and troubles? Right, he because that's the other side of it. Is that the bully? is going through a fuck ton of trauma too and that's like why they bully. That's, right that's why it's, they bully and so i will be interesting i'll be really interested i will definitely want to tune into that to hear the all the work and the internal growth that you've had since then to hear him kind of come to the table and talk about what was going on with him i'll be interested to like see how that pans out that's really interesting wow that's cool it's cool. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about, um, you know, your own 
self-care, self-support, whatever we want to say, practices, uh, you know, physical fitness, whatever it is, you know, how, how do you, what do you do to kind of like promote that fitness and self-care? I saw some Spartan races, Kyle, so you're going to have to talk about that. <laughs> she does her homework. It's impressive. Yeah, she does. <laughs> She's That's like, right. I did my homework, teacher. <laughs> Can you tell I'm a, re- a f- recovering perfectionist? I'm, in, I'm, I'm deep. I'm deep. I'm... I like your framing there. <laughs> hey, you're perfectly imperfect. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, Kyle, you start. I'm going to give you the floor first. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is my morning routine. I mean, I live and die by it. I love my morning routine so much. Fuck yeah. I think that's just been like such a huge thing for me, not really social anxiety wise, because I didn't do it till a little bit later on, but just for my mental health in general has been such a game changer. Um, And really, I just built it step by step i just started with a small thing and then added some things on took stuff off that you know didn't work for me but it was it's just been so important for me because my life is hectic just like everyone else's is (laughs) and to be able to start the day off on just like really taking care of myself and preparing myself for the day i can handle you know any anxiety or Know, irrational thoughts that come my way so much easier compared to days that I don't do it. Yeah. There are those days as well. And yeah, there's a huge difference. What does your morning routine look like? I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, it's been changed since the pandemic, of course. But uh, there are there are a few core things I always keep in there. So I always start off um, meditating for 10 minutes. Sometimes I do some longer ones, but generally about 10 minutes. And then I do a 10 minute visualization practice where I'll literally just lay on my couch with my eyes closed and I'll just visualize the things like my goals and stuff that I see myself achieving. Or if like I have like a a speech that's coming up in a month, like I'll visualize that entire experience and it going the way that I want it to go. Um, so I'll do that. And then I do a little gratitude journal journal where I'll write down, you know, five things that I'm grateful for that are relevant to the past 24 hours. And then one of the last things that I do is I like to read or learn, take a course, you know, for 30 minutes or so to just learn something. I, I've learned that me taking time to actually read and like make myself make myself smarter or just like learn new skills and different things like that makes my confidence way higher (laughs) just like I feel so much better about myself when like I'm learning I I don't even know how to explain it's just like yeah it's like a really good thing that I just like having in there that's pretty much what I'm doing right now almost every morning that's amazing good for you that takes a lot of discipline too because I'm sure there's times when you know, like I got other shit to do. Let me just cut off this Absolutely. ten minute thing because I want to dive into that. Like, no, that's great. Uh, so, have you done a Spartan race? Yeah, so I've done two Spartan races, and then I did one that was pretty much the same thing, but it was 
some other company. I don't even remember what it was called. It was free. But yeah, <laughs> yeah that kind of started as kind of an uncomfortable thing for myself as well. Like I wanted to like challenge myself really physically. And so initially my first thought was, I want to do Ninja Warrior. And then I learned that you have to like sometimes wait outside for like four hours even to get an audition. I was like, well, I don't really want to challenge myself that far. <laughs> that doesn't even sound fun to me. And then I stumbled upon Spartan Race. And basically, I just researched what was the hardest obstacle, you know, running races and found out that Spartan was. So I was like, all right. That's when I started, like, training a lot. And before then, I didn't really work out a whole lot. I mean, a little bit. And that's where, like, where I really dove in and just, like, just went ham on training for Spartan. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun doing it, too. Training for it and the Spartan race itself was yeah. a blast. No, that's great. That's great. Jeremy, what about you? What do you do physically, mentally, to promote your own fitness i might i would, I would and offer self-support i would offer to write i, I, I kind of really love the term self-support honestly self i think it's like that's the branding that we need for men because i think self-care they don't want to touch it because it's for women but self-support that's like mm. that to me sounds better i don't know i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna use it and see how it how it <laughs> let me know Keep how me it updated. sticks yeah, yeah well. maybe honestly yeah self-support i um uh, I like for first off, I'd, I would encourage people to write it down. So there's more of a, like an accountability piece. Uh, and my morning routine started off, and it's, for me personally, it's a lot easier. I, like at my men's groups, I'll say, "Hey, I want to do this. Can I get?" And they're like, "Oh, how can I support you?" And then like after all, after I do it, I text them, "I did it," just for that um, accountability. Because a lot of the times, if I if I just, if I don't tell my you know, my group that I'm doing it, then I'm I don't who am I? I don't care. <laughs> but then now, because I know in the group, they're like, "All right, out of that stretch, go." So write it down. And yeah. what I do is I, I really push to not look at my phone when I wake up because I get all those notifications. And, oh, yeah. Oh, and that is just not – yeah. you're just waking up and you read all those text messages and emails and this, this, and that. I it, know. It gets your fight or flight pumping. It gets uh, your cortisol, which is like your stress hormone levels up. So I purposely put my phone in, on airplane mode right when I wake up. And then I do 10 to 20 minute meditation. And then I do gratitude journal, you know, three things I'm grateful for in the last 24 hours. What were three things I would make today great? And then affirmations. Um, I, I changes, it changes every day. So I think about like the negative affirmation, the negative thought that's going in my head, and I write down the opposite. So if it's like, I, I love that. Mm -hmm. And then I do exercise. I look at like a 10 minute run as like I took a pill for like a happiness pill almost. Like, my metaphor totally and then yeah. um i also like to read and then journal um so i and i change it up so it doesn't get boring yeah yeah okay you guys have really inspired me i used to be on a kick where i wouldn't look at my phone for the first hour when i woke up the only the only thing i would look at would be like to put on a podcast because i do a morning walk like when i wake up i go out for a walk in the morning and so i would like allow myself okay you can put on a podcast and like go out but i wouldn't like check social media i wouldn't like check text messages i wouldn't check email like none of that and i am now like in a habit where i'm like wake up fucking roll over and start start on it and you're right that's not a good way to start it so you really inspired me that i want to make that it's hard kind of a it's very hard. It's so, so difficult because I immediately want that dopamine hit. That dopamine hit. As soon as hit. I wake up. Yeah. You're like, I'm awake. Dopamine. Oh, yes. messages. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 
hundred percent. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that on. I also think that you guys have inspired me. I I I'm always like on and off a meditation practice. Like I haven't ever been able to like truly get it to stick. Um, I have a, I have but I know how. You. I have an offer to offer you. Just change Please the story right now. I'm a, I'm a I'm a meditator. I meditate every day. Just saying it out loud. Okay, I'm a meditator. I meditate every day. Yeah. So now you don't have an excuse. There I am. Because as soon okay. as you, yeah, you start right there. Another random uh, uh, challenge I had Kyle do one time. I've done on and off is for for like five minutes straight. Say everything you love about yourself and all only positive things. In the mirror. In the mirror. <laughs> for five minutes. Wow. It is amazing. Can I can I get in on these accountability circle things? I need yes. to. Be, I need to. You're in. <laughs> I need to text you and like I stood in the mirror for five minutes and said I love myself and I have pretty hair and I'm good at talking. Yeah, you, you say everything you love. You say yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you yeah. say every unapologetically. Just pretend like it's, it's it's like this new best friend who you just met is amazing. Just go off. This person, I'm funny. I'm amazing. I'm I'm really compassionate. I, you are amazing. Just go on. It is so uncomfortable. My friend challenged me yes. to do it. And I challenged Kyle to do it. I'll never forget afterwards, like that negative thought that normally would come in automatically just went away a lot quicker i was like what just happened okay okay i'm gonna take on that challenge i'm also gonna challenge what the fit listeners to do this challenge look in the mirror set a timer for five minutes and say you have to say it out loud right i think you mm, i think I you have to say it out loud yeah mm -hmm. i think you have to say it out loud look in the mirror say all the things that you love about yourself it better be uncomfortable or, really... else, or else it's not working <laughs> and you can't be monotone about it you can't just be like Oh, I'm handsome. Okay. Uh, you have so to get funny. into it. You, know, you have to embody it. I'm powerful. <laughs> I'm amazing. I bring value yeah. everywhere I go. People love me. Yeah. <laughs> Say it as if you believed it. Because yep. you do believe it. Yes. Okay. That's amazing. Okay, guys. What does being fit mean to you? This is the big question of the podcast. Who wants to go first? We can go. <laughs> no. <laughs> being fit is doing reps mentally physically uh nutritionally every day towards your, your life fitness yeah yeah fuck yeah i love it straight to the point kyle what about you i should have went first um <laughs> uh a similar thing i think being fit is not just about you know being physically fit or being just mentally fit. I mean, something that we kind of say all the time, like mental health is just as important, just as important as your physical health. So I think just keeping all of that, you know, on a high priority and not putting something before the other, they all kind of need to be on the same playing field because they all kind of work, you know, interlock together. Yeah. If your physical yeah. health is really good, then your mental health is going to be better and vice versa. So that's what yeah. I, that's what fits being to me. Excellent. Where can people follow you? Where can they find the podcast? Listen to the podcast. Yeah. So if you want to follow me individually, uh, best place would be Instagram, social anxiety, Kyle. And I think I'm on Twitter and Facebook, social anxiety, Kyle. And then if you want to listen to the podcast, uh, it's the social ninjas and you're on Apple google spotify all that fun stuff you can also check out our website the social ninjas podcast.com so jeremy good. what about you so where good. can people follow you um, 
If you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is Jeremy Talks to Strangers. And if you want to follow, if you want to follow my podcast, because it's like way better than Kyle's, it's the Social Ninjas. That's like really, really good. It's way better than Kyle's. I can tell that you guys have a really lovely, fun banter as co-hosts. Oh, we do. <laughs> like always vying over the other. Well, thank you both for coming on. I really appreciate it. This was great. This was such a lovely conversation. You've really inspired me to make the, do these couple little challenges for myself mentally. So oh, I truly appreciate wait, it. Wanna, I want to honor you really quickly. Take it in. What is, what are this? What are, okay. They're, they're like doing a jazz hands at me through the screen. <laughs> what does this do? We're just what is honor this? you for being here. Oh, this is the thing that you do yeah, to honor but, someone. Yeah. Is it your honor you well, for being you. here, showing up for yourself? uh yeah it's just you're exactly where you're supposed to be and uh, what you do means a lot and it makes a huge very positive impact in a lot of lives in my opinion so thank you that's wonderful thank you all right listeners reminder follow on insta at what the fit podcast me at christy grody if you like the idea of more people hearing the podcast please rate and review on itunes it helps drive eyeballs and if you love What the Fit, help support with a monthly contribution on the Patreon. And if monetary contribution is not possible right now, it's so helpful. Share the podcast on your social media. Tell your friends. Challenge them to look in the mirror and say for five minutes what they love about themselves. Not in a monotone <laughs> voice. <laughs> Thanks, everyone.